Hi everyone, thanks for listening to this special edition of Enjoyment. The coronavirus is kicking up a lot of fear and anxiety right now, so my wonderful colleague Rochelle and I thought we'd put our heads together and talk about it. Although influenced by the coronavirus, this show is really more about the energetic pull of fear, how we can experience it at times, and the use of joy as a support or even an antidote to it. Rochelle will be interviewing me, which is always a lot of fun, and the previous conversation we've referenced a bit is from a conversation we recorded for my other podcast, Healers on Healing. So wash your hands, stay safe, and I hope this show shines some light into the darkness. Welcome to Enjoyment. This is Rochelle Greenhagen again. Woohoo! <laughs> again! Um, <laughs> back with Josh Stern to talk a little bit more about the awesome modality that he is exploring and, and talking about and thinking about joyful therapy. And it's interesting because I had some questions and wanted to come back to ask Josh some questions that were still on my mind after our last conversation. As he and I are sitting down together today, we are talking a lot about the coronavirus because that's what is happening in our world right now and it's ever evolving and ever changing in terms of the information and the norms around it. So we're going to see if we can do a little bit of applying joyful therapy and Josh's way of thinking about that to what is happening right now and weaving in and out of that, I imagine. Does that sound okay to you, Josh? Sounds perfect. And thank you again. This is relieving to me to give you the hosting <laughs> <laughs> responsibility. And I just get to talk and share my thoughts. And that's a joy. So thank you. Absolutely. I'm so happy to do it. It has been a joy to do this with you and to tap into my own creativity and curiosity and learn about what you're doing. It's really been inspiring for me and I do feel like especially right now as there are a lot of feelings other than joy I think kind of pervading our world our environment trying to think about the place for joy in that feels like something I'm really interested in totally yeah I I as well yeah I've been thinking about (laughs) that throughout all this and there's there's it poses good questions about joy, fear, what we do with all of it. Just to kind of let the listeners in on a little bit of what we were talking about, what amount of skewing one way or the other is like harmful versus helpful versus real? Yeah, I, I think just to kind of get us started, I was actually thinking after our last conversation a bit about when things are really hard, when an individual is really suffering, when there's trauma, when there's a lot of difficult, how do we integrate joy? How do we hold that in conjunction with those things? And maybe I'll kind of leave it to you as that general question and then we can think about application maybe to now. Totally. It's a great question. And I was sitting with a little bit thinking about what questions you might ask, mm-hmm. what follow-ups we might have. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to use this word, and. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, to me, the powerful word of joy. And what do I mean by that? Coronavirus is going around. Yes, that's real. Yes, we're sitting with fear of getting sick. We're sitting with fear of losing people to this. There is death. And today was still a sunny, beautiful day mm-hmm. here in the Bay Area in mm-hmm, California. Mm-hmm. And I still get a chance to sit with you. Mm-hmm. And I still laughed with my son this morning. Mm-hmm. And I still had great work with clients today. Yeah. Those and is how I would express the art of joy. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's very easy when a corner of the room becomes dark Mm -hmm. 
to pull all your attention to the corner of the room. Yeah, yeah. And then forget to still look at the room. You know, I always feel like I learn from children. Mm-hmm. This is the one time I'm going to use a child example that's not how good they are at joy. Like a nightmare at nighttime. There's a monster in my closet. Everything becomes the monster in the closet, not the stuffed animal that's still next to you. Mm-hmm. The nightlight that's still on. Your mom and dad still. That is sort of the energetic pull of fear. Yeah, that's right. We start to get blinders on, and I, I just think joy, sometimes it's feeling joy, but sometimes I think it's just opening the room up a little bit more, not to discount the monster in the closet, but to remember that the closet is only one part of the whole room. Yeah. And it's tough. That takes very conscious breathing, but we have to know that scary things will energetically pull us to fixate on them. And I don't think that is the healthiest way of dealing with hard stuff, real hard stuff. Yeah. And even we could say Mm. sad or, you know, like those things are real and we can feel them. I'm not saying deny it, but even a death in the family and I had that great conversation still with my friend where I laughed for Mm -hmm. five minutes. Mm -hmm. There's still his hands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we can start to exclude parts of our experience or not be open to other experiences when we're deep in some of the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly, I think, the good. Because we, I think, get into this mindset that the good can't help me here. Mm. The good's not going to stop the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, in fact, maybe even the good's going to distract me from what I really have to do. I'm going to lose track. Like, you got to take this seriously so that we take it seriously. Yeah. (laughs) Let's question that for a second. Mm -hmm. Can I take it seriously with a smile on my face? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think I can. Mm -hmm. I think I'm actually even more set up to take on the hard stuff when I have resourcing of the good definitely you know i saw this woman in the grocery store last night who i would put her in more of like the at-risk age above 70 probably and she was dancing in the aisle and it made me smile and i said something to her like you gotta keep dancing huh she's like yep it's like an image i have in my mind of kind of what you're talking about not because we feel like there's something we need to respond to, something hard, something scary, not allow that other kind of movement. And something that's coming up for me a little bit as you're talking is the concept of titration, maybe moving into some of, okay, I need to respond in this way, or okay, I need to make this hard decision about whether or not to do this thing, because is it safe for me? Is it safe for other people? But also not letting our mind, and you and I talked a lot about how fast the brain can move and like ping around scary stuff, especially. And then like moving towards a break from that too and moving towards something joyful or something good. Yeah. Like as you're talking, I feel myself reminding myself to come down into my heart, right? And and something about perspective, I think, is really powerful for health and wellness. My heart can look at this and actually, my heart almost reminds me, I'm struggling on exactly how to say this, but it's it's like, it wants to just remind me like, there's something bigger to my life. I'm on a bigger journey with my life. Whenever my life ends in this form, coronavirus is going to be what part of the story? And let's say that even I pass from coronavirus. Still, what part of the story is that? And I think my heart still wants to sort of live there. That's like there's still this grander thing of life mm-hmm. going on. And, and that dance has it all. Mm-hmm. Struggle, hardship, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fear, unforeseen things. But so far, I have learned a way to live through all those things. Mm -hmm. I have learned a way to travel through a life that has all those things and still claim love and joy and Uh happiness, Uh which is a huge, for me, gratitude. 
Like, it's funny to have a moment like this and, and actually be like, wow, let me reflect for a second how actually wonderful my life is and how yeah. lucky I am, how much crazy things I have lived through. Yeah. I guess I want to say there's just a grander story. And at some point, that story is going to end. And I don't want to be flippant about, like, death yeah. and the fear, particularly of, like, premature death. But that is also part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I want to take a breath just to, like, remind myself that that's part of the story. Because I think that also lets me dance in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. I get a sense again as you are speaking. You use the word perspective. I was thinking, like, zooming out from this moment, coronavirus, something else that we deal with, a moment of suffering, is a part of the story, but it is not the whole thing. Yeah. And I think something you were speaking to before we started recording that I'll just allude to and see if you want to pick it up maybe is how fear can suck us in and be amplified beyond something that helps us anymore and I think of that some in like the evolutionary context of like we have that animal part of us that's instinctual and that responds to something that feels scary as if like we are about to die in this moment and need to react and that's adaptive and useful sometimes and often the way we experience that is out of proportion to stimulus when you say that I actually took a moment and were like, how many times is my life really threatened yeah. in that way? Yeah. Okay, maybe there was that, my head went to, okay, like every now and then I felt like a car was going to hit me and I jumped from that moment. Yeah, We are lucky to live, mm-hmm. I think, in a life now where the actual instantaneous thing of death is not totally readily there and and again i want to be really careful about like not being flippant about the coronavirus i think people listening to this would probably be like well that's it right Right. there's this virus that's a like a tiger and it's out there but at least right now most of us actually aren't in a room or with people who have the virus so most of us are not actually facing the tiger. We know we live in an area where tigers yeah. roam. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not actually face to face with the tiger. At least that's how I'm looking at this virus is I don't feel like I'm face to face with it. So I don't have to be sort of in my lizard yeah. survival right. Right. fear based place. Yeah. Now I have the joys of space and I can and I can make choices. Yes. Wash yeah. my hands, make sure I don't necessarily enter parts of the jungle that I know are heavier <laughs> with tigers. Right, right. And and I think that's a very appropriate response and it's very good to think about okay, where are the tigers? Where are the threats? And they the tigers aren't everywhere. And it's difficult but I think there is a place we can play there. I'm not so sure fear is valuable in actually dealing with anything, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> that, it's pretty extreme about an emotion that we all have, but, yeah. but it does seem to me that I can deal with tigers better when I'm not in a fear lizard brain yeah. state. I agree. Except when they are right in front of me. But I don't, I'm not so sure we live in an age anymore where tigers are right in front of us anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this thing we're in right now, this COVID-19 is spreading. It's really a real threat. It's hard to find the middle way with that. I think to not go all the way to like, I need to be really afraid or I'm ignoring it. And I think you're really speaking to trying to find how can I know this is real and respond, but without excluding everything else and without being overwhelmed by that fear that like at, at levels, I mean, even just what happens biologically and neurochemically for us, like can be really bad for our systems. Right. And, and I think, can I still make smart choices that aren't driven by fear? I would almost, at least in this moment, yeah. call 
can I live in the deepest level of truth? And what do I mean by that? The truth of my life right now is, yes, there's this germs going around. That is true. It's also true that I'm not sick right now. It's also true that I have a wonderful family. Yeah. It's also true that I'm stressed about paying this bill. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's also right. true. The and. The and. Mm -hmm. Back to the and. Mm -hmm. Like, can I hold, can I not just get singular in my truths? Yeah. And particularly the ones that seem the most threatening. I guess let me step back and be completely transparent with my, I think we can joyfully love life. It's funny, I almost get like teary-eyed and I'm about to say this, but, and life has all these things. My goal is from birth to whatever my death is, to try to live all the sunshine that I can. And so... Even during the scary moments, even during the dark moments, can I know, live, breathe, accept a larger truth that they're never the only thing that is alive in that moment? Yeah. And it's hard. It's difficult. But I do think it's actually a bigger T-truth of life mm -hmm. that it is not that only one thing is, al is alive at that moment. Mm -hmm that there still is so many mm -hmm. facets to your mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. I want to try to dance the whole time. Totally. Yeah. And so I am biased for trying to build structures in my life that let me dance the whole time. Yeah. But I think we're here to dance. I think that's the point. Well, <laughs> I, to come back to what you were saying about the reality of death, that that is a part of the story, that there will be an end for all of us, could be soon, could be a long ways off. I think it's probably true that most of us at the end are going to want to think about the moments that we danced, <laughs> you know, and remember, yeah. remember those. And hopefully there are many of them. Yeah, that just feels true right now. To, we like we hunker down and we prepare and it's, I'm gritting my teeth. It's just like, yeah. and we talked about that a little in our last conversation, the like fight. It's like, even when we do that, can we then go like, Oh, I'm doing that. And what else? Yeah. I just really feel like so appreciative of that perspective right now, given, I mean, everywhere and everything in this moment in time is about this from the empty shelves at the grocery store we were talking about to every media outlet we're being called and being seduced i think into being very singularly focused and again not jumping to ignoring it but saying that and and i'm thinking kind of as you're talking about this about all right, so life is probably going to look a little bit differently for the next little bit, for good reason. How can we find joy in that? <laughs> I read this article, I'll just use it as an example, and then I want to hear more from you about that, but how to prepare for potential quarantine. And I loved it because they're like, make sure to get your favorite treats, make sure to get coffee, you know, like make sure to have the things that are going to help you also feel joy and pleasure in the midst of what could be and will be in some ways an uncomfortable situation isn't that what we all want when we're uncomfortable for comfort yeah absolutely. <laughs> right, right? Absolutely. and i don't think it's being irresponsible being yeah. hedonistic to do something to still hold comfort in the uncomfortable yeah. in fact i think it's appropriate mm -hmm. and it's a great practice mm -hmm. on the minor and the major mm -hmm. uh, i'll play a little fantasy game yeah. with you and the audience yeah let's just imagine if right now we all took the coronavirus seriously and talked about joy and what joy could look like while we're there's that great viral video i don't know if you saw it yet of Italy, where all the people are in their house and they all start singing. Mm, no, I haven't seen it. It's going around today. Yeah, awesome. Like, that's the energy, right? 
they wanted to still be together. They still wanted to enjoy life. The streets are empty, and all you hear is people singing collectively from their closed doors. What a different, interesting conversation we would be having if we were talking, hey, I know we all got to do this. Is there a way we could still all be a community together while we do this? Is there a way we could all cheer each other up while we do this? That's eight o'clock, everyone sing the national anthem yeah. <laughs> together yeah. from your home. Suddenly, like for me, when I start talking like that, I'm like, oh, okay, we'll survive this. Yeah. Oh, we're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that is the truth, too. And again, I don't want to, I want to be so honoring to people who have lost loved ones, yeah. who have been taken by this. Yeah. Let us grieve that. And I, I don't want to just put my head down and cry and, and shake. I'm not sure that for the next two weeks, two months, that serves me or serves mm-hmm. anyone else. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, let me cry when I am grieving and let me shake when I am scared, but let me hold more than just that, too, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. is my urging. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I feel a little, like, dangerous when I say it. Yeah. Like, it's, like, yeah. not supposed yeah. to be said. Like, I keep apologizing for being flippant, and I think yeah. that's maybe part of the energy, too. Like, you're so not too. supposed to so smile for sure. when things are bad. You're an asshole. I know. But what... Let's just look at that for a moment. Like, that seems like a shitty rule. <laughs> totally. A, a, a rule that I think can actually be harmful because something I've been reading about and thinking about, too, is the more stressed we are, the more likely we are to get sick, the more likely we are to make reckless decisions mm-hmm. on our own behalf or for other people. And I find myself in that a little bit, too. Like, am I allowed to laugh? Am I allowed to smile? Mm-hmm. And And I do think... I'm going to take a risk to speak to this and you're welcome to disagree with me or share in it or whatever, but I'm feeling like some judgment around from people about how other people are responding or how they're making choices or whatever, which I think is probably a product of the fear. We're tighter. It's like we get in that black and white fear-based brain that's like, good, bad, right, wrong. I need to make quick decisions about this. I need to say, get the fuck out of here to things that are not aligned, which I think also then drives us to only go go towards things that are like confirming the way that we're thinking and feeling and believing. And so I do think, you know, just you speaking to, I don't want to be flippant and we don't want to be flippant Mm -hmm. at all, (laughs) but just that there is that energy around that I'm feeling. Yeah. I'll piggyback off of your energy and you can address your your statements directly but I was sitting here I remember so clearly a moment at summer camp when I was eight years old Mm -hmm. and let's talk about like that this is stuck with me right every cabin does an overnight in the woods I'm eight Uh this is my first time away and it totally starts raining and it's lightning it's funny how I remember this memory. I'll, I'll finish the story and then I'll talk about like the emotional resonance of it. Yeah. I remember us going back through the woods and my counselor just telling the most potty humor jokes <laughs> he could think of <laughs> as we were walking in the rain and lightning. Uh-huh. All these eight-year-old boys. Uh-huh. Shout out to Joey Butler, an amazing counselor. My memory of it is I remembered that like I should have been scared, but I remember it as such like a joyful memory. And I think all of us were to applaud Joey for doing that for the eight year old instead of us getting caught in the fear of the moment. He's just cracking us up. And to this day, I can still remember that walk through the woods, remember sort of loosely the darkness around me, but the warmth. That I felt inside, inside, right? I don't think any of us would not applaud that counselor and what he did. And I don't know, shouldn't that be for every moment of fear? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't be there a way where like, yeah, I'm conscious of the darkness around me, but I feel warm still inside. Mm -hmm. It's loosely tied to your 
story, so I want to get back to your story, but... I think it's such a great example of, like, multiple things, but including we can be aware, like, I think you're saying you don't think Joey was, like, not aware that it was dark and raining and that there you were in the woods and you had a bunch of kids to be responsible for, but it was like, I'm going to keep some energy of warmth and laughter to just not so we don't all sink into so much fear and panic which would be harmful yeah that's why we applaud him right yeah and in fact he was so aware of it i would go even further he was so aware of the fear of the moment that he made choices to levy it so that a bunch of first-time summer camp kids didn't go home and say, I never want to go to camp again. Totally. Yeah. And in fact, 30 years later, have a warm spot for that memory of walking in that woods. Totally. Feeling grateful for him. Yeah. Just remembering potty jokes. (laughs) Right? Right? I think, too, hearing that story, hearing you talk about the, the people in Italy who are singing, it's like... There's an opportunity in those moments to come together, too. Like, there's a way that he was drawing you all together in heart connection, in joy, in laughter. Like, the people of Italy, wherever this is happening, uniting their voices and feeling the resonance of that in a time that could feel very lonely and isolated. Mm -hmm. And those are beautiful things that don't have to be in either or. Either I'm singing in the street and kissing everybody and getting everybody sick, or I'm like in my house, hunkered down, scared, not opening myself to connection and to hope and to joy. Um, Yeah. I've been very aware of my conversation about Corona and not knowing how I want to engage with people, but you just posed a good question to me of, it's very easy so far in all the conversations I've had with people, it's been very easy for us to just, and maybe that's the seduction too of fear, like, oh, isn't this scary? Oh yeah, it's scary. Oh, oh my God, what's happening? Oh, I don't know. And I have found myself sort of saying, eh, you know, uh, this is serious, but I'm not sure, you know, and saying that and just feeling kind of disconnected from people. Uh-huh. That was a roundabout way of getting <laughs> to, what if I did start looking at this as an opportunity I wonder what it would be like if I said, yeah, how are you going to enjoy this time? (laughs) Doing something to enter in a different way of, yeah, man, yeah, this is really changing things. What what opportunities are you going to take? And just suddenly, (laughs) for those who couldn't see, Michelle did, did like a suddenly her body, yeah, double take, like, wait a second, Uh what, that's a very different question. At this time, yeah, while while you're keeping yourself safe, how are you going to stay sane? Yeah. (laughs) You you know, and just, I don't know, maybe, I think I'd have more fun talking to people about that conundrum versus the conundrum of how are we going to stay safe? Right. How are you going to find joy during this time? Can you help help me? Like, what what do you think? My kid's about to be home for three weeks. (laughs) What? You got any ideas of, mm-hmm. of how, mm-hmm. is there opportunities there? Is there, yeah, I don't know. I love that question. I'm going to steal it with your permission. <laughs> no copyright on it. <laughs> Good, because I, do, I feel like it just, it shifts the energy is what I was feeling. That was like the face that I was making. It is so important that people be informed enough to stay safe, make good decisions this is an and situation, not a but. Assuming that whoever you're talking to is and is coming with that kind of energy of, this is so scary, be scared together. Like, it is so scary. And how are you going to try to find joy in this time? Like, how could, and I do, I think newness and like lack of familiarity can be scary. And it also gives us opportunities to see things through a different lens. Totally. What's it like if I don't commute? every day and I have that time what do I do with it how does how does my my body feel and how do I feel emotionally and like when I'm a little more slowed down does that make me anxious I could be curious about that does that make me feel more relaxed and spacious and and maybe that's a, a good question for you like 
the role of curiosity in joyful therapy too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good reflection. What if we took the same paradigm of instead of being so curious about how I'm going to deal with my distresses, what if we became curious with how am I going to create joy? And it's, seems to me like a more fun question <laughs> and, and yeah I think you're dead on you've paused me because I, I don't think I have thought of it exactly this way but I really mm-hmm. actually like how you're playing in here with me of like all those moments that you hate all have opportunities for something new and if they all have opportunities for something new, what new opportunities do you want to go looking for? Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you. It's a very profound way of, I'm always looking for ways to dance. And this seems to me mm. like a really interesting new way to dance. Uh-huh. Oh my God, this is causing this, this is causing this, this is causing this. Well, all of that is a new opportunity. And if we got out of that new is bad, new is scary, but that new can create, new can birth. Well, now it's a kind of a different game. Yeah. Back, <laughs> back, back yeah. to our first episode, talking about how much yeah. it's a different game. Yeah, it it's is. a different game. I just feel like that's actually the game we were meant to play. Mm-hmm. The phrase that came to my mind was, you know, life as a gift opportunities to live and feel alive as great opportunities they're varied and they look very different and i think right now collectively we're on the edge of something that is new and unnavigated like we're all trying to figure it out at every level from personal to the worldwide in that is like okay where could be the gift in this? At least today, it, it, it's a valuable conversation that I find myself feeling like we have to kill that noise. And I feel it so much now that like it's a disrespect to pain to do this. That it's a disrespect to people. How can, how can you be smiling when I'm hurting so much? Yeah. How can you be looking for the new opportunity when there's so much suffering going on? Uh-huh. Just hearing those voices, I'll use my heritage. Oh, you're going to make a good thing about the Holocaust? Yeah. (laughs) Let's see you smile. But I think we have to kill that noise. Yes, things need reverence. Things need seriousness. Things need to be respected for the terrors that they are. But it's not disrespect if I try to do something different with it particularly if that thing that i'm trying to do is cultivate joy light love Mm -hmm. connection Mm -hmm. dancing Mm -hmm. i don't think that's disrespectful yeah it's a different kind of honoring i think it can be you know like i'm gonna it's it's coming back to that word that little word and you know And I think grief processes sometimes really naturally and beautifully incorporate this kind of moving in and out. And I'm, I'm thinking about that as we talk, I just had a loss in my life and being around the woman who, who passed her family, like feeling that movement between, oh my God, this sucks so bad. And laughing and telling a funny story i'm feeling pulled to tell that and i I think it would be okay that i was talking to this woman's husband and you know a lot of like his grief and then also he's like i have to tell you this story about the night before she died because she'd been pretty shut down and he saw her poke through with laughter when he made a joke about giving her a hickey and she like cracked up you know, and he, that's his memory of their last night. He could have been like, just stayed really serious with her. And he could have stayed really serious with me as we were gathering after. But there was this, let's honor her death too. 
in her aliveness and in her laughter. I think in some moments and experiences, we do that titration a little more naturally. And then there are times, and I'm curious and playing with the idea of like, maybe it's when there's more fear that we feel like we have to like shut all of that down and don't allow for that natural movement between seriousness and reverence and whatever else and joy and laughter and dancing and singing. Yeah. I think you're dead on. And I was too thinking about, it is interesting where we have embraced this type of thing. Like how many times after death it is joke and fun storytelling. Uh-huh. And that that's how we grieve and it's so and and no one would question that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there are tears and yes there are, but yes there's and remember when? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I almost was wondering if it's not necessarily more fear, it's when the thing actually is we're really good at this. But when it is still Yes. Oh uh, not Still it's like could happen. it could happen it's really hard for us when i am sick i'm better at making jokes about being sick when i am scared of being sick totally i have a lot harder times making jokes I think that's ab- really true. about that when joey was with the eight-year-old kids and we were scared yeah Versus maybe if you had asked him three days prior oh man what are you gonna do if a big thunderstorm I, yeah. hits while you're Oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with those kids, right? Should I not go? <laughs> Should I not go? Yeah, yeah I, I wonder if we are actually really good at it when it is actually of the moment and there's not a place to grow of still doing it when it is... I think it's a good point. Over there. Anticipation. Anticipation. And, and the unknown of that, as we talked about a little bit before, and the... The feeling of, like, I have to do something to control this. Like, I think same if I would have asked my my friend's family who just died before she died. It, it's like, what could we do to prevent this from happening, you know? And not that they're glad it happened or that I'm glad it happened. But once it has happened, there's a little more space for joy. To the audience, Rochelle and I trained at, at, at the same center. Uh-huh. And I remember a moment there where I was on a camp of we all forget how strong we are trying to say like don't forget our strength when the potential is coming I think we forget that oh my god this is going to overwhelm me oh my god this is going how am I going to deal with it oh my oh my god oh my god and what we're really Hmm. saying is oh my god I I I'm too weak for yeah, I'm not going to be able to handle it. I'm not going to be able to handle it. And yet, it seems to me time and time again, true of my life, of every client I've sat with, every person I've known, when they are struck with something horrible, they usually handle it. <laughs> they usually come out okay. Yeah. And sometimes we need to hold our hold each other's hands. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my clients need me to remind them they will be okay. Mm-hmm. But when we're in it, I think we kind of start to be reminded, oh, right, I am really strong. And if I'm really strong, well, then maybe I don't have to worry as much about this as I am. Or maybe I can let in some laughter, too. Totally. We're taught how powerful we are in this really weird, like, we can control everything. We can, if we just put our mind to it, we'll stop the coronavirus. Well, we're we're taught power in this weird, like, ah, I can bend. But as, like, conscious spiritual being oh my god we are like we are light yeah (laughs) it's a different power but yeah oh my god we are we are powerful spiritual emotionally capable (laughs) survivalist (laughs) you can you can take delight in that i think yeah i think you're get you're hitting on some really important things just about And we talked about this in our last conversation, but like how easy it is in these moments, I think, for us to go to our intellect and to planning and to trying to anticipate every potential thing that could be a danger to us instead of trusting our capacity to respond as things happen, instead of trusting that we can actually 
have power again on this flip side of our aliveness and our joy and our spirit and our ability to navigate this stuff yeah and find joy in it yeah and that's a great point and i think trust that i can come up with a plan today and i can adapt that plan tomorrow right and i don't think we do that yeah i don't think we say okay so today the best plan is washing our hands cancel some big gatherings and let's let's give it a few days Let's see how that goes. Okay. Is that going well? Yeah, it's suddenly I have to have every answer for everything, even though there's not evidential things, you know, so now it's all speculation and people are buying toilet paper. Do we even know that that's going to be a problem? (laughs) (laughs) Can we give that a few days to see if suddenly start running out of toilet paper? (laughs) Totally, yeah. And it gets us into that, something we talked about again a bit in our last conversation, scarcity mindset. I have to make sure there's enough for me. There might not be enough and I have to make sure I have it, you know, which is causing us like some people to overbuy certain things that they don't need, (laughs) which leaves some people without. And I mean, I just think it's, it is so adaptive to take things in smaller chunks. And I think that's just collectively hard in this moment because it can feel like I'm going to get blindsided. I'm going to get, I'm being irresponsible, whatever the, the internal negative messaging yeah. is or ex, like from external. Yeah. Um, it's also the reality. Like we are, it is evolving all the time yeah. and it is such a practice to say, I'm going to trust myself that like whatever tomorrow shows up with i'm going to navigate it to the best of my ability and i am best equipped to do that if i'm laughing if i'm having fun if i'm relaxed if i'm connected in a way that might look different than how we would connect usually but still like honoring those needs that will equip us to show up and be our strongest most capable selves just coming back to like you know, often I use the word joy, but I'm also talking about the heart. Yep. My heart wants to be a part of helping you. Yeah. And what if we leaned into a reminder that actually when things get tough, what do we, what do we always see? Like when terrible storms hit, neighbors are going to each other's houses. Actually, when the tiger attacks, we seem to rally together. Even though we forget to live in our hearts so much, even though there's a lot of isolation, I do think the human animal is still a heart animal. Mm -hmm. And push comes to shove, if my neighbor knocked on the door and said, you know, I'm out of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Could I borrow a roll? I think I can help you out. (laughs) Yeah, such a good example right now because we forget... It is this doggy dog, I'm in it alone feeling yeah. out there, but like, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We don't have and, to be. Yeah. And I do think our nature at its core is not that. I agree. My hopes here of like pushing this agenda and pushing this notion of joyful therapy is also to push a healthier world where, yeah, yeah. where we do start realizing, oh, wait, yeah, it actually... All those people I'm neighbors with are, they got my back too, and my friends have my back, and yeah. and we're more willing to do it because we're all actually feeling more abundance, which feeds it. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm on a soapbox, but... Mm. That's not my experience when I'm with you. Mm. I just want to say that. Like, it, it feels really grounded, and... In listening back to our last conversation and talking to you today, I feel like there's such a way that you're trying not to make the way other people are thinking about it bad, or there isn't that judgment that, again, I was kind of linking with when people feel afraid. It, like, pushes us back into a more black and white way of thinking. And coming back to the word you shared in the beginning, like the end of it, and I think you're trying to speak to, hey, we forget this. Yeah. We forget. 
we we leave this home base. Yeah. I want you to come back, not for me, but like for you and for all of us. Yeah. And so just for whatever it's worth, that's my reflection. No, I, I really appreciate that. that. Yeah. I really appreciate you reflecting that. And it feels good to hear that hopefully my words land there because I that that is it. All those things that take us away from this are natural, but all the things that bring us back, I guess I'm trying to preach, are natural. Yeah, yeah. They're in you. Yeah. You were born with these yeah. things. Yeah. Come on back to them. Totally. <laughs> I think every single person has been born with a heart. Every mm-hmm. single person mm-hmm. has been born with the capacity to feel joy and love and light. Mm-hmm. Incredible mind that can broaden perspectives and... <laughs> see ands and you know like we've been gifted with so many wonderful tools to dance and some tools that seem to lead us to stop dancing (laughs) exactly and and i think sometimes you know things have happened to us that we can't do that alone and we need help yeah and i feel like that's what you're saying you want to do is help people who maybe have gotten stuck in over-indexing on fear or stuckness or trauma or shutdownness, like find that natural ability to feel joy. Just really not make it an either or proposition, but a broadened perspective that can hold it all. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong, but it's like whenever anyone listens to this, I just want to like urge everyone, like when you turn this off, Take a moment and count how many good things you actually have to right now. Because we're so good at counting the bad. We are. (laughs) And I guarantee everyone listening has... I believe you have way more than one. I'll start low, but you have one. (laughs) But I actually believe if you actually start counting, like, even right now, even while the coronavirus is going on, Mm -hmm. there's things you can still count that are good and it's easy to forget and I think that energy and you know I've thought this as you've talked about this and that like part of this is practicing gratitude yeah yeah for sure (laughs) I think it's a, a powerful energy to stop when we start getting spun out on oh my god everything's bad oh my god everything's dangerous to bring ourselves back to what are five things that have felt good today? What are three things in my life, you know, one thing in my life that I know is good. It can just help broaden the scope and keep us from going to places that I think become paralyzing. So easy to have happen. Cause we, like you said, we're so good at counting the bad and there's infinite what ifs. And right now there are more concrete ones that it's like kind of easy to latch onto. We could stay in that forever or we can just take a moment and count the things that we know are good right now. And I think that's a really powerful tool to use if and when people notice themselves spinning out on, oh my God, oh my God. And it just is, I, all of a sudden I can't even breathe, much less make a decision about what I need to do for myself. Totally. Totally. You have been a wonderful master of like, I feel like putting things into words that I'm hoping to find how to put it to words through these encounters with you. And again, I just love your language. And I I had that experience the first time we did this. And I was like, oh, right. She, that was like, that's the language. Totally. (laughs) I'm glad. It's, I feel like we're dancing with yeah. it together, yeah, you know, yeah. and that I'm I'm so glad that's the experience for you because yeah. I feel like I'm getting to kind of jump into the dance with you and feel the energy of it. And it's, it is powerful. It really is. You might be a joyful therapist. I know. In the future, I too. Might be. <laughs> I, and it, after we talked last time, just to say, like, the power of it for me, like, not that I am now that, yeah. but like incorporating more of that. Yeah. And I really am going to use this question about what are you hoping for in this time? Or what do you think, yeah. what is going to bring you joy and comfort yeah. in this time? Yeah, I really like that too. What's the opportunity? As we're wrapping up, is there anything else that's there that you want to say? 
I guess I'll say even though I try to speak from an expertise place, uh-huh. I hope everyone knows I'm as much urging myself mm. into this practice as I am urging anyone else yeah. in this practice. Yeah. And I have so far found it to be something I have to stay conscious of and it be a practice. Now, again, we've talked about how it's being a different kind of practice, but I hope my words help and I'm just as much in the wiring mm-hmm. as you are. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I guess I just wanted to like affirm that and not pretend I'm like anywhere other than, uh, yes, boy, my fear wants to drive me into a lockdown corner too yeah yeah i just am really trying to cultivate different relationships with that part mm-hmm. and with my joy too so thank you for that vulnerability and transparency <laughs> and modeling of like we're all in it together we're all in it together yeah. trying to find our way in life and do the best that we can yeah this thing didn't come with a manual. We gotta kind of figure it out on our on our own and collectively. That's right. And I think I, I think we are trying to make it a happier dance and a happier place for everyone. And I think we are actually increasing it as easy as it is in these times of yeah. still war, of yeah. still disease pandemics. Yeah. Child mortality is down. Poverty is down. Death through war is actually down. Mm-hmm. Let's look at all of it. Let's look at all, Let's of, it. Look at all of it. Totally. Thank you for being a light in it Thank and you. for our conversations and connection. Thank you for this. It's a really lovely opportunity for me. Um, so, thank you. Me too. <laughs>